0: Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince & Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince & Convert Consulting
1: welcome to Connex, the content experience show i'm randy frisch i've got anna rack with me and anna this past week we had a really fun guest come in this this Podcast just flowed to me. I don't know what it was. It was just good conversation. I, th- I think you and Jenna have a, a bit of a background together. But anyways, we had you know Jenna Rutchman join us. She's the director of Marketing Communications for the College of Social and Behavioral Studies, most importantly at the University of Arizona. And I say most importantly because as people listen to this podcast, they'll hear us have some fun throwbacks to the University of Arizona.
2: Yeah, this one was super, super fun. Um, And I love how you literally just dropped a random pop quiz question on her in the middle of the interview, and she aced it. It was amazing.
1: Nice. So for everyone who's listening to this podcast, be on your toes. I'm going to throw a question out there. You can even pause before you hear because Jenna nails it right away. And uh, see if you know the answer to this one. But beyond just, you know, Shooting the shit, having some fun with Jenna. We, uh, we actually got to dig into some really interesting perspective to how a university or school environment needs to go about marketing to various audiences. And I think that's something that I find that a lot of marketers are dealing with today is the realization that they're not just talking to one large group, they're talking to various audiences. And in in her case, obviously, it was uh, a combination of faculty that they're trying to attract, parents who need to sell their kids on going there, and the kids who need to choose a school themselves.
2: Yeah, U of A, we found out they're doing a ton of really great smart brilliant things to reach the right audiences with the right content at the right time. I think everybody, regardless of whether or not you work at a university or you're um, in house somewhere or you're at an agency, you're going to find just a ton of value um, in the things that Jenna was talking about. So super smart, super amazing. And for anybody who does work within a university environment, you know how different it is. And Jenna even talks through some of those, a little bit of those struggles and how to overcome those. It's just a really great, well-rounded podcast today.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things that I found really interesting because this podcast is all about the content experience, not just the content we create, but how do people experience it? How is it delivered? You know, how is that consumed at the end of the day? And what I found interesting and, and I think a lot of marketers take for granted is that, you know, we not only do we think about you know, branching out the different audiences, but are we thinking enough about the different channels that are going to work for one audience versus the other? And that that's definitely a concern for her and something that I think a lot of us can think a little bit more about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's something that has come up time and time again, and she nails it every time. Jenna is just wicked smart. and I'm so glad she was able to join us.
1: Awesome. So without further ado, why don't we roll the podcast with Jenna? I think you are the one who got to bring her in, Anna. So we'll, we'll pass it over to you and we'll hear from Jenna next.
2: Jenna, thank you so, so much for joining the Content Experience Show. It is so great to have you here today. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm
3: excited to talk with you and Randy.
2: Yes, I know. So uh, you've been on Social Pros before, so I'm glad you got to hop over to this side and come chat with us about some content. Now, one of the things that I'd love to just have you do real quick for everybody listening is just give everybody a quick little about Jenna. So you have some really amazing background and some really great experience that has led you to your position of being the director of marketing and communications for the College of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the U of A today. Go ahead and just give everybody a little bit about you.
3: Sure, totally. Thanks so much. I um, spent all of my career, actually, in um, digital advertising agencies and traditional advertising agencies. I started in 2004, actually worked alongside Jay Baer, um back in the wee early hours of my career. And I just really found a love for um, strategy and research and content and making decisions based on data for your target audiences and all that jazz. I get really pumped about branding in a um, kind of embarrassingly way, but I spent, <laughs> I spent 15 years doing that and then um, owned my own business for a while, um, which was just eye opening and, and such a great experience. And then my husband and I uh, moved our family to Tucson, Arizona, and I landed um, a job at the University of Arizona, which is my alma mater, Go Cats. And I'm just really pumped to be on um, the quote unquote client side. It's it's different to be sitting on the other side of the of the table when I'm working with outside firms and things like that. So I am a through
2: and through Wildcat and a marketer. Nice. That's so funny. So I have to fully admit that I went to Northern Arizona University. So uh, we don't actually get into the whole U of A, ASU uh, football sports rumble, but um, I, I feel it living in Phoenix for sure. Um, jumping over to so you being a wildcat through and through, um, What are you sort of doing on your day-to-day now? Tell us a little bit about what it's like to jump over into, one, such an amazing school that has a great legacy um, and also has a lot of opportunity. Um, Jumping in, what was that like? Yeah, you know, it was really interesting. At first, it was just so
3: nostalgic for me to be back on campus and kind of seeing the underbelly of everything and having meetings in Old Main. But what's really interesting is, you know, my day-to-day is to support the College of Social and Behavioral Sciences. It's actually the largest college here at the University of Arizona. We are a very diverse and robust college. So we have majors that range from anthropology um, to Mexican-American studies to really popular ones like journalism, communications, to some really new um, interesting centers. We have a center for regional food studies and things like that. So my role is to help students once they have been admitted to U of A. So I don't really do a ton of the major enrollment, but I do, there's like some fuzzy lines there of where my team jumps in. So once students are here on campus, um, you know, it's our, our goal to market to them, to raise awareness of our college and our majors and offerings that we have for these students. But we also do a robust offering of community events. So whether it's lectures or, community classroom events. Um, We currently have one with Marv Waterstone and Noam Chomsky, who's obviously a world-renowned linguist and intellectual, that the community can actually take a class sitting with students. So we have that audience. And then we also have, um, you know, parents of incoming students that we're trying to think of. And then, of course, our esteemed faculty. So I serve all of those functions um, and have a, I'm pretty lucky. I have a great team. I have a um, senior uh, communicator, Lori, who does all of the kind of the long format writing. And then I also have um, Shoshana, who's on my team, who handles all of our day-to-day short form content for social media, email marketing, things like that. And then I have a whip. Um, amazing graphic designer, Miles, who uh, is just it's like working with an with an agency graphic designer. So he uh, I've kind of set the team up like a little agency. We handle projects in that way. So we try to get things done as quickly and efficiently and on brand as possible. We are also part of the larger University of Arizona is going through a strategic planning process right now, um, which is really interesting to be involved with with our new president, Dr. Robbins. That's
1: really cool. Uh, you know, I I have a question about, you know, how you deal with all the people you have to market to. But before we get there, uh, you talk about nostalgia, which I think is so cool about you being back at the school, as you said, that you went to. Um, and, you know, University of Arizona, I could not hold myself back any longer. So I'm going to go on a little tangent here. Can you name the line that this movie is from? Otherwise, you, the wildcat and every... Innocent person on the bus are going to end up just like your friend.
3: Hmm. Oh, it's from Speed.
1: Nice, nice.
3: No, right? That's the I'm like the one with Sandra Bullock, and um. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, sorry. I had to do it. Oh my god, that's funny. You literally like you made my heart kind of sink a little because I was like, oh god. (laughs) I hope I can. I hope I know this. (laughs) No, that it was
1: random, but I like anytime someone says. Like I'm a wildcat at heart, which I think is what you said. I think of that movie and I'm like, it's so much fun. So how'd it go there? I'm giving Jenna right
2: now like the gold star guest award because that was a crazy pop quiz that we did not talk about beforehand. And that was amazing. So hats off to Jenna on that one. Thank you. Yes.
1: Yeah, you You kept your cool. You kept your cool. You're you're allowed to continue on the podcast. So with that, you know, with that test done.
3: Yes. I mean, just so you know, I'm, I'm really good at, you know, pop culture. Trivial pursuit. Should you ever be able to have me on your team? So I'm glad I. I'm glad I stood up to the test.
2: I'm pretty sure Jenna just dropped the mic. We're done now. Right. That was it. That was good.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. So back, back to content, if you will, I've always found it interesting with universities and colleges. And, uh, you know, I, I work at Uber Flip where we, we talk to a lot of marketers who are trying to figure out their content strategy and how they appeal to all these audiences. And one of the things I've always found interesting at, at universities is you've got to appeal to so many different personas. Uh, you know, you've got students who in themselves are studying all sorts of different topics. Uh, Uh, you've got the parents of the students who, especially when it's like undergrad, you know, they're making the Biden decision quite often, just as much as the student is. Uh, And someone once told me, I know it's not a B2B type of sale, but it's almost B2B because you're selling to the parents as the business who sell it to their kids as the consumer.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we actually, um, so starting, you know, in August, one of the first things that I did was go to my Dean, who is my boss, JP Jones. And I said, we need to really understand who our target audiences are, because right now we're just blasting content in all these different ways. Um, Well, actually, I shouldn't say different ways. We were blasting content in the same way across all mediums. And we really were only focused on kind of our internal um, faculty and staff, which is obviously very important, and our community. So talking to the actual Tucson community, about some events and things that we have, but we weren't really thinking about our students or those parents or how they also take in content. And that's something that as a kind of more of a generalist and a strategist in, in my previous life and agencies, um, I think I was able to bring really good thoughts to the table. And, and so now we're going through a very productive um, strategic planning process that we're literally starting with Audience segmentation research, so we can actually understand our students, their parents, our faculty, and the community, and how they they want to communicate with us and what stories they want to hear. Because we are a research one school, which is a university, which is um, a very um, privileged, you know, uh, accreditation that the University of Arizona has. I think a lot of people don't know, and then they think of social and behavioral sciences as more of a liberal arts if you will, degree. But we actually have over 100 researchers that are all over the world doing amazing things to help impact the environment and health and society and how technology is having effects on humans. So trying to relay all of that information, um, we really have to be focused on who the audience is and how they want to consume that media. So, if it's a community event, we do really well um, putting that information on Facebook and in the good old newspaper. Which I had not placed, I had not placed a newspaper ad in a really long time. Um, but they they do seem to work there for that specific audience. But for our students, they're not really on Facebook anymore and they're definitely not reading the newspaper. So we have to be a little more unique and we do some traditional outreach where we put posters up all over campus that I think that does help resonate with them and, you know, talking to them through Instagram and the most helpful way we've found to be able to talk with our students is actually email and we keep it real short, really concise image driven. That looks great on mobile and it's been converting um, much better than what they were doing in the past, which was really long very long letter style emails so it's been really interesting to be able to kind of test and play with the different mediums and see how the audiences respond
1: I love that approach that, that you're taking I mean first off starting with research which I think so many of us you know our definition of defining a persona is sitting in a room and going with our gut so you know good on you for for taking that first step and really interesting to hear that it's not just about what content works but but ultimately, what medium? And I, I know that's something that, you know, Anna, the two of us, we always talk about that. It's not just the content, it's the experience, which, you know, in this way, it, it, I, I think the delivery is is a big part of that experience.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes back to what you were talking about with the kind of the B2B sales with parents, you know, talking down to students and not down to their students, but talking with their children. And I have small children, so apparently I'm talking down to them. But, um, <laughs> but one thing that I, I think is so powerful, and I'm really excited to be going on this journey with U of A, is to understand how these individuals are consuming this media at this time, because there is so much information being put out to prospective students. Um, It is impressive how much information they get and how Much universities are trying to sell them on a lot of similarities. You know, they talk about, you know, if it's the warm weather or their accreditations and things like that. And I think students are really challenged because it's a huge decision. It's a huge life decision about moving away, staying near home, what you're going to study, what that means. Do you want a business degree like your dad, or do you want something that is more? rounded and interdisciplinary, which a lot of students are wanting. But I found myself sitting in meetings where people would say, think about when you were 18. What did it mean to go to university? And I was like, seriously? Well, when I was 18, I had already started college. So A, like we're missing the boat because these people are making decisions earlier. And that's really when it dawned on me. I was like, we have to shake the boat here and not just assume that we know what students want. We actually have to Get the information from them and learn from them and also understand what parents want. It's a huge financial um, burden that colleges are. And it also, um, you know, higher education is kind of being beat up right now in conversations within media and and other individuals in business saying that is it is it antiquated? Should people be paying for it? Is it moving forward? So it's kind of my job to also showcase how the University of Arizona is on the forefront of these revolutionary topics like the impact of technology on humans and food sources and things like that.
2: This is Amazing. I love all of these conversations. Also, I'm a huge fan of the fact that you just said that, you know, it's time to kind of shake the boat and shake things up and, and talk more about higher education. I definitely want to jump back more into some of the um, barriers and some of the challenges that come with higher education in this space specifically. But before we do that, we're going to jump and just hear a quick word from our sponsors.
0: Hey everybody, this is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, reminding you that the Content Experience Show is sponsored by Uberflip, a cloud-based platform that helps marketers like you create personalized content experiences to showcase the content you've created. You, not IT, you, can easily create engaging content hubs that your audiences will love. I use it all the time. My team uses it all the time. With Uberflip, you'll deploy content faster, accelerate your lead gen, and enable your sales team with personalized content throughout the sales cycle. Go to uberflip.com pros. That's uberflip.com pros to find out how you can show your company that the content experience matters. The show is also brought to you by my team and I at Convince and Convert Consulting. We're a digital marketing analysis firm that works with leading brands to keep their content marketing ahead of customer expectations. We work with you to plot your current content program on a five-stage maturity map and then optimize your content marketing over time to level up again and again. Find out how Convince and Convert Consulting can make your content marketing better. Visit convinceandconvert.com consulting. That's convinceandconvert.com slash consulting. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back, everybody. We are here talking with Jenna Rutschman. So Jenna, before we left for the break, we were talking a little bit about some of the struggles that you were coming up against with, you know, um, higher education marketing in general and the experience that's being created and shaking the boat. I definitely want to continue on with that. One of the things that, that you kind of talked about earlier was how email marketing was actually really successful in reaching some of your students. And it's fascinating because you mentioned as soon as, you know, you kind of pulled the content way back And really shortened up the messaging that it was really successful. But a lot of what is out there today talks about how millennials have, you know, basically killed email and nobody emails anymore. And, you know, it's so hard to reach millennials and so hard to reach Gen Z. And you're actually actively working with those populations every single day what's your take on it? And especially with the fact that, you know, you saw success with email when everybody's saying don't use email.
3: Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting because I think we also have to think in context of what a college is, you know? So I'm working with our advisors to come up with a communication plan to talk about things like, Last day to add a class, and last day to drop a class, and reminders about when spring break is, which I'm sure all students know when spring break is. But what we really wanted to do is not necessarily drive the culture or events down the throat of students via email because they want to consume that content in more of a natural form in their natural habitat of social media so what we did was we put together a communication plan of information that they truly need and it is um sent to them with action we actually do like funny memes and um two sentences about the action that they need to know about or they will miss a deadline and then a button that takes them to that specific area in the, um, in the in the website of U of A that they can actually access that information. And we saw just a huge rise in not only opens but clicks and then the advisors were getting less panicked emails and phone calls about students forgetting to do things because previously they had sent them emails that were like Five paragraphs to say something that we've been able to accomplish in two sentences.
2: That's awesome. And honestly, I love that so much because I feel like that is exactly sort of even why we do this show the content experience is that literally in a nutshell is providing the best absolute experience for students possible. And it's not about you know, reaching them through new channels like Snapchat and, you know, doing crazy Instagram stories to remind them of the deadline. It's literally giving them everything they need to know in the form that is easiest and, and most relevant to them. That is phenomenal and fantastic. The other thing that you were talking about too, that I want to jump back to was. Um, you talked a little bit about some of the challenges with marketing with higher ed, and those who have worked with higher ed before are well aware that there it's it's a totally different ball game, right? Am I underestimating or kind of underselling that?
3: No, it's a totally different ball game, and I had always sat on the agency side and not really fully understood you know what I was getting myself into. I will say I'm very lucky that my um, the dean of my college um, Dean J p Jones is. He's very open to understanding that I am an expert in marketing and content and, and digital and all of those things. And trust me, and that's not always the case. Um, some of the struggles though, is that A, we're a giant university. So we have everything from, you know, the Eller Business School is well-known named, well known to, this, to this, well, it's also Eller. The Stevie Eller Dance School is, you know, I think number two underneath Juilliard. We have like, the world-renowned Center for Creative Photography. We have the Mirror Lab and Optics Labs and all these things. And so everyone's trying to kind of vie for their own space in the umbrella marketing. And I wasn't really prepared for that. I thought that it was going to be a little bit more um, centralized and everyone would be kind of working together. So it's something that culturally we're working on. Um, Something else has been really interesting is, you know, someone will receive a huge grant or win an award, and then they want you to get like press on it. And it's not always newsworthy. And it's sometimes hard to explain to faculty that have worked very hard and are doing groundbreaking work in their category that, you know, the New York Times doesn't want to run a story about it. So that has been that has been really interesting. It's also been interesting to me that, you know, some of the different things that come into play as to um, when you announce things and and how that works. But there's definitely a lot of people um, in higher education. And I think that Dr. Robbins is trying to change this here at U of A, but they don't see marketing professionals as experts. They see them as kind of order takers. And that has been a little like stabbing in my heart. And I feel like I'm going back to 2004 when I like first started, but I um, I'm not afraid of a challenge and I'm not afraid to speak up. So, so far the change has been positive for me. um, But I do see some of my colleagues struggle with it a lot more.
1: So another area that I'm, I'm just kind of curious on Jenna is, as you've kind of moved into this different world of, of higher education, um, I know you've come from worlds where there's been a lot of probably spend towards content and content distribution uh, without giving us budgets but maybe you can give us percentages how much of, of the kind of media that you're putting out there is earned or sent through you know when you say you're posting to Facebook versus you know paid distribution towards some of those channels is you know is there a large budget in an, in your world to be able to you know distribute some of this content or is it all about about earning that that audience,
3: it's definitely earned first. Um, I would I would definitely say that. But we do have some budgets that go towards different things like events. Um, you know, Chomsky or Professor Chomsky is on our staff, and when he does events, sometimes he brings in really big names who want to sit down and talk with him. And we will throw some money towards um, a media spend for that, so that the you know the hall fills up and things. But it really is, I would say, you know, eighty percent earned, which is definitely a a new uh sensation for me but what is also very interesting new new challenge (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a much better word um but what's also really interesting to me is that when we are able to find that kind of sweet spot of content that does talk about um why the College of Social and Behavioral Sciences is important or some, um, groundbreaking research that's happened, some student success story, how it actually will get organically shared and get that kind of organic engagement that I was used to in the glory days of like the mid 2000s. So it's really interesting to me to see, um, how organic does still have a play
1: that's cool and and I bet over time you know your ability to prove as you, as you put it which channels are working best hopefully you know given the school so research base, you'll be able to use that data you know, to push for either more budget or make the right decisions.
3: Yeah. And that's actually a push that's happening across the university is that we really are striving to make decisions based on data. And for me, um, especially my days when I worked at Terry underneath Chris Johnson and Scott McAndrew, I mean, everything we did was data driven. We came up with creative ideas based on data that we knew would drive our target target audience to our customers. And so that's what I'm trying to do here at the University of Arizona is actually to really understand, you know, how many, what's basic numbers? Like what's the percentage of people that are accessing accessing this form on mobile and it's broken. Okay, well, let's figure that out. You know, so there's actually, I've had to bring it way back to fundamentals of looking at data to make decisions. And then it helps though people who aren't necessarily market driven, marketing driven, or communications driven to see numbers and say, oh, that data is showing that we should actually ensure all of our websites are mobile optimized and that we should lessen the content on them so that people can get to the point quicker. And then it starts to have a more robust conversation and quality conversation, which I think is um, exciting to see. And then with the research that we're having done, I think our um, ability to make better decisions based on data is just going to skyrocket
1: well i gotta say you uh your summary of everything that you're doing is making me want to go back to school and i hated school so you know and and i want to go just just to get some of your marketing so uh you know congrats uh to everything you've been able to pull from your experience into building a better content experience you know for university of arizona and and that's probably the best you know promotion I can do for the school right there. So uh, if, if you got a little bit more gen- time, Jenna, what we'll do, we'll get you to stick around and we're going to get to know you a little bit beyond, you know, your work, your work life. Awesome.
3: No problem. Thank you.
1: All right, we're we're back here with Jenna. We've got a little bit more time to dig in just to get to know Jenna a little bit more, not the Jenna who's, you know, figuring out how to optimize content delivery across different channels. And you know, we wanted to get to know a little bit of how you relax. And one of the things I I did get to know a little about. You is you're a music fanatic, but a nostalgic one because it's, it's all but vinyl in your world. So maybe you could tell us like some of your favorite records just so we get to know like your real personality.
3: Ooh, okay. Well, I am a huge vinyl collector. I have, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm like embarrassed. I, uh, I think some of my favorite albums would be, uh, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. I know. I feel
1: like I feel old. Nice, nice. I heard he's like playing on Broadway now and that it's the best experience ever.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. He's pretty amazing. I mean, he's just such a storyteller. I highly recommend his um, autobiography. But so Born to Run is a pretty great album. And I uh, I thoroughly enjoy that one. I actually bought the Tom Petty album. Into the Great Wide Open the day that he passed. Aww. I know, and I love Tom. Wah want. Um, I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac. Like, Rumors is an amazing album. Tapestry from Carol King. I sound so old. Um, newer. No, oh, this is all classic.
1: I, I actually think you sound cool.
3: Oh, cool. Okay, good. Um, newer stuff. I'm uh, I'm really into Heim the band. Um, it's three sisters. They're great. They just have a new album out. I really dig both of their albums on vinyl, and The White Stripes is probably another one that gets played a lot in my house. So those are probably my top played, um, albums. Adele's also great on an album. It just sounds. Ooh, Amy Winehouse too. Sorry. I'll just keep going. I have a lot, I have a lot of albums.
1: (laughs) I'm curious, like, like university of Arizona obviously has like its own radio station. Will they play vinyl or, or like not a chance? Like it's not like a classic feel like that in in any way.
3: No, I mean, so I'm not sure for the actual like college radio, it'd be really rad if they played vinyl. I'm guessing that they're probably playing digital or, or, uh, some sort of, I'm guessing it's all set up as digital azpm which is the um the local NPR station is definitely not using vinyl I've been on their show a few times and um I still see like a lot of CDs on the wall but I feel like that's probably not how they're doing it um I should get my own I should get my own radio show on the uh,
1: the local college channel. <laughs> listen, you're, you're going to have to listen to the intro and outro of this podcast and let us know if the, if the choice of music is any good. There's no way this, the track is available on vinyl. But, uh, you know, Anna and I did get to have a little bit of involvement in choosing that music, which was pretty fun, even going online, Anna,
2: right? Yeah, it was. There's There's a lot of stuff out there we found some good we've I think I'm happy with it but I'd love your opinion Jenna
3: I I, actually, I will listen to it for
2: sure yeah I actually think I was uh, when I was <laughs> getting
3: ready for coming on the podcast I listened to it and I remember when you guys were saying that it was new music so I'll go back and pay closer attention and, and give you guys some feedback
1: amazing well for everyone else who's enjoyed this podcast with Jenna and wants to listen to some of those other ones and, and hear that intro over and over again, uh, you can go to content uh, go to convince and convert, find all the other podcasts that we've recorded over time there. And definitely leave us a review wherever you do get your, your podcast, whether it's on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google play, the list these days keeps growing, but we're, we're everywhere that you find them. Please subscribe. Let us know what we can do to make this a better experience for you until next time. I'm Randy Frisch, and Iraq has been joining me. And thanks so much for, to Jenna for joining us. This is the Content Experience Show.
0: This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The content experience show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.